All right. I think we're good. Cool, man. So you've had a busy week. Yeah, indeed. It's been it's been a bit hectic, you know, uh, especially considering the fact that I still have a daytime job. So uh, that's uh, that's hopefully going to, you know, uh, weather off uh, anytime soon now. So uh, but yeah, otherwise, it's been a, a packed week. I've had a lot of uh, a lot of stuff do, going on, uh, both, uh, you know, uh, project related in terms of like coding and stuff like that and developing as well as uh, getting in touch, you know, and getting together with uh, a bunch of people talking about the project and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a bit crazy. <laughs> so, Adrian, you started this project completely solo, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, what's the process for, like, because the way I look at it, man, is Dead Pixels, it's already, like, for the current state of the market, a success. And yeah, we wanted to go bigger, you know, better, do better, but you've already launched a successful project right this moment. So like, I think it's a good opportunity to ask you from somebody who did it solo, what were like the skills that you individually had that probably like allowed you to actually create a successful project? And then like, what else did you have to kind of outsource that maybe wasn't in your direct skill set, either from the community or from just freelancers, things of that nature, if you don't mind me asking. Yeah, no, no, no problem. So uh, I didn't actually outsource anything. So everything is built by myself uh, with, with some, you know, uh, strong, strong mention uh, of the fact that after the project started picking up a bit of speed, you know, in the early days of the community and so on, uh, I've had the chance and the privilege to, you know, uh, get to ping pong directly with the end user. And uh, I was talking about this yesterday, actually, the fact that uh, when you work in like a corporation or something like that, uh, because I work as a product manager right now. So I'm a product manager for a big gaming company. I basically produce games, uh, mobile games. But you know, one of the big, big caveats of working in such a company and like a very corporate environment is the fact that you don't get to be in touch with your uh, customers like directly, you know, you have to, you know, in order to actually make that happen, you have to go through a survey company or uh, create like this uh, focus group and go through a third, third party. You can't even interact directly with the people because then you'd be, uh, you know, influencing them and so on. So it's a very difficult process, which for that pixels and being you know that it is a sort of a community uh driven project it's, it's you know it's been like such a breeze and it's they've made it so easy for me to actually do the right stuff because you know each time i want to develop something or each time i'm looking at you know uh making something i i go to them and i you know ask ask their opinions or i get feedback for for what i already did and then improve it based on their feedback and so on and so forth so i guess uh, this is the uh, something that I didn't have and got uh, due to the community itself. But other than that, you know, the project has been made uh, from scratch by me. Uh, and I, I guess, you know, it has been like my entire life has been sort of leading up to this moment, more or less, because I've, I've done a lot of web development. I've done design. I've done uh, user experience design. Uh, now I'm, I'm in product management. So I guess all of these skills sort of converged uh, together very nicely uh, when I started the project and I actually didn't need any outside help 
because I had the know-how to actually make everything myself. <laughs> so so like, uh, that, that's the story. If I may just interrupt you, Adrian. So like the way I look at it is NFT projects, you need some kind of community management, let the community kind of know what's going on. And that takes time. You need somebody to do the on-chain stuff like just to upload the nfts and all that so you need the art and then you yep. you've obviously the reason why i like your project and i, I saw it at around 48 a floor i don't know what is that now man <laughs> i think it's nearing 500 or something like that, so. and yeah. i just remember looking at your project and looking at like the top 10 and i was just like there's so much utility in this project it's an early project on cardano so obviously that's the other piece is like adding and thinking really about all yeah. the utility that goes into the NFTs. And that's a lot of work, man. I mean, all those different things. And then I don't think you had to do much marketing because it kind of took off. Am I correct in that? That's yeah, you're right. I, I had, I had paid, uh, you know, to this day, I haven't paid anybody for marketing whatsoever. So uh, and and <laughs> and and the cool thing about about this project is that it actually you know sort of uh, made its own way uh, it, its own sort of identity because of the community behind it and because of the fact that you know uh, in the beginning you know people were a bit skeptical there, there's still people who are a bit skeptical right now as it is it's, it's fine there's always <laughs> yeah, like you were doing too if I may say like it it I didn't see any NFTs like that before. <laughs> yeah and and uh, like oh this is actually different and we can talk about that in a, in a bit. yeah definitely it's something that i actually stole from you because i i and, and thank you by the way for covering the project uh early on uh i really appreciate it and i was super super excited to see your clips about the dead pixels um something that i actually uh sort of stole from one of your clips and i tell people about it is yeah. the fact that oh, yeah I, honestly no, you, you, <laughs> you completely nailed it on the head when you said that this is a very cool way to to show somebody who doesn't know what an nft is you know an actual thing and it's easy and you don't have to you know uh, somebody asks you, okay, so show me this thing that you paid a lot of money for. Oh no, wait, I got to go to my wallet. I got to oh, find man. out the ID. Yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me get back to <laughs> 40 minutes when I sign yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, basically, yeah, I think you, you, you put it very, very nicely and I'm happy that you feel like that. I'm happy that the end result actually is something that I was willing to, that I was meaning to, to get out there. <laughs> I'm sure though, I don't know. I want to, I don't want to like, over say it i probably have taught through dead pixels at least 20 of my friends or family about nfts wow and that's amazing if that's just me too like think about other people in your community this is like kind of aiding to the adoption or at least i would say a deeper knowledge of what nfts are for people yeah that's yeah cool. agreed yeah so like it's, it's yeah sorry about yeah, no, I, I like to, you know, I usually call it like the wallet to asset journey where you basically, uh, you know, how much time does it take you to get from your wallet to your asset? And that is something that I, well, looking at other NFTs and the other, you know, before starting out, I, I found very, very not user friendly and very like sort of uh, excluding a lot of people who aren't necessarily technical, you know, so uh, I thought, you know, 
making it simple would help onboard a lot of other people into this space as well because you know we need we need volumes we need adoption and so on in order to become something truly uh, uh you know uh, significant so uh yeah that was that was the point and sorry for interrupting you uh, earlier oh no i was just gonna actually i want to dive into this so like i tweet we tweeted back and forth a bit and what i'm trying to understand is like why not necessarily why or not more nft projects using this but can you explain like what the difference between in like the simplest way possible it's non-tech people what the main difference is why can i show this on my phone why can i look it up online why is it easy to like show people than than something like a crypto punk let's say okay so essentially you can show somebody a crypto punk as well it's not you know very difficult it's just that getting from what asset you, you you may own, its ID and so on and so forth, because you're probably not going to memorize, you know, numbers and stuff where you're going to forget about it. You need to open up your crypto wallet. You need to check out the ID. Then you need to go to a website and uh, type in the ID and find your asset. Uh, so, so basically, um, the difference is that essentially uh, through the tech that I used uh, in Dead Pixels, I sort of made it possible for users to save their NFT on their phone, on their mobiles as apps, and for them to be able to access them whenever they want through a tap, uh, through a simple tap gesture. Uh, and, and in a nutshell, it's, it's because it's a different technology and, and it's basically web technology, it's HTML. Uh, it's basically the same code that any website that you browse is made of. And I've sort of used my experience in web development in order to create this uh, feature for uh, NFTs and brought it, sort of brought it into the NFT world. Because this feature itself, it's not, you know, so, so much as an UFO or something like that in web yeah. development. But it's sort of a UFO in NFT land for some reason. And I don't necessarily understand why. Indeed, it's, it's much more difficult to create a 10K uh, interactive NFT collection or web-based NFT collection like that, that Pixels is, it's definitely much more difficult than generating 10,000 pictures. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's not something that is impossible. And, you know, uh, I am proof that one guy can do it. So I, I, I would love to see well, more adoption. It is like more difficult than just the other... It is because you don't need to worry about when you when you make like a 10k uh, JPEG collection, like a classic, you know, let's think about CryptoPunks or uh, I don't know, Board API Club or whatever. Uh, when you generate those assets, those are essentially images, you basically run a randomizing code through Photoshop or through whatever uh, software you used when designing them, which basically spits out each of these NFTs, right? That's it. Oh, well, with pixels, it's basically uh, I had to draw them up in Photoshop. So there's the same amount of work that goes uh, into like a classic JPEG uh, project. And then after drawing them up in Photoshop, you know, to have like a visual reference for them and also have like the image assets, like high quality, uh, I had to code them. Like there, there is, all you see in dead pixels, there's not a single image on the screen. That's code. The, the thing that you showed us uh, earlier, yeah. it's code. That's so uh, it's basically, and, and this is very cool because it basically allows for infinite scalability. Like you could put this image up 
on any size of screen and it will never lose quality like a, like a jpeg would you know it will never sort of uh you know deteriorate in terms of quality and that's something which you know it's sort of a byproduct of the um technique that i used when when coding these and uh i i'm, I'm really happy with with the result uh and, and besides you know coding them you also got to take into account uh the current standards for the html language and web development in general and so on and so forth because you're essentially what you're doing is taking this code uh, and making an nft out of it but you're also uh sort of prohibiting yourselves to actually alter the code after you've uh, minted the asset okay so i cannot ever change how they look like like if somebody comes with a suggestion and says I don't like this background, make it a different color. It's impossible because of the immutability uh, property of an NFT. Uh, so, so you got to think about that. You got to think, you know, you got to know your web technology. You got to think about how will it evolve? Will like the, I don't know, browsers for 10 years from now, will they be able to display these NFTs and so on and so forth. So it's a bit of a difficult process, you know, to get all this together and, and actually uh, spit out something that is sustainable and, and can also last uh, a lot of time. Uh, and uh, yeah, that, I guess that's what makes it much harder because there's all these extra layers of work that you need to put into uh, the project. So like for this, this is a dead pixel. Yeah. For anybody that doesn't know. And basically <laughs> if, you, if you tap it, you know, you're basically changing if it's happy, sad. My, mine has a bandana over its face. <laughs> you can actually change yeah. the mood by tapping it. And then if you uh, tap it twice, you actually can see the rarities of your pixel. So, like, my original thought was, like, oh, man, if dead pixels ever becomes the crypto punks on the Cardano blockchain and, like, very, very large, then advertisers since it's a website and we already kind of talked over Twitter. So I know that now you couldn't probably do it with the original dead pixels, but later on in other series, you probably could add links for advertisers onto a NFT um, or to a site that represents somebody's, I don't know, service, just like it opens up a whole new utility and use case for NFTs long-term. But basically the point we couldn't add a link onto this dead pixel since they're already minted, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So, so I guess, I guess what, what I, I definitely get what you're trying to say, and uh, and I'm thinking about it. You know, you, you could potentially, you know, uh, and not with that with the current project because if they're already minted, then it's like a done deal, but. Like with a future project, you could potentially uh, create sort of ad spaces uh, or some sort of spaces within the actual NFT. Sponsored which, type of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And, and basically, if you, if you sort of uh, somehow your NFT, you, you can sort of opt into a type of service, and I'm definitely improvising right now. Uh, you could sort of opt in on a type of service with your NFT and then you could like display some ad or whatever you want to display. And I'm thinking monetization now, not that I'm pro showing ads on art and so on and so forth. I think no, no, my community is going to kill me. 
<laughs> it would have to have an extraordinary amount of value just by being an NFT for anybody to want to advertise on it anyways. So indeed, indeed. So, so you, you as the owner of the NFT, as, as, as the holder of that NFT, you could actually uh, monetize your, your, your NFT by showing some sponsored content on there. Optionally, obviously, it's not something mandatory, but you could choose to do that. And, you know, sponsors could pay for their content to come up there for like a, a period of time and so on. And that would be completely dynamic. You could potentially be able to switch it on and off uh, through the click of a bar or through a transaction on the blockchain. So, ah, okay. That's yeah, it's, wow. Yeah. yeah it could, you, I mean, it's basically everything that you can do with a website. Yeah, exactly. That's like the point I'm trying to make. Like the tech with dead pixels revolutionizes NFTs in perpetuity because you can basically make any NFT that becomes mainstream. If you pre-program it correctly, you can, you can make it like a website and there's, there's tons of business to be had in that space itself. Um, but okay, let's, let's talk a little bit because I read your white paper probably about three times now. And so, so you're what you did say, and I didn't know this yet because I also run a, a YouTube channel. So maybe you say it in the, in your tele or in your discord and whatnot, but I didn't catch that you actually work for a gaming company. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I do. I do. That's pretty interesting, man. That adds a whole nother set of credibility. You've already kind of, in my mind, just looking at founders of NFT projects, what I like about you is you've already kind of delivered on what you set out to do at first, and now you're kind of building on that. So that's like, you already kind of delivered. And the thing is, now in your white paper, you just released um, maybe a week or two ago, you're also thinking of making a play to earn game, or, or basically a, yeah. a game that can drive royalties to the nft holders of the original dead pixel series so 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 that's very interesting so you already have a background in gaming and as a product manager how like that's super interesting to me so that's gonna be some credibility there to basically create this game are you going to be leveraging that at all or is it just going to be absolutely i mean you know I, I i think it's not it's not something that you actually need to tap into i think it's that's actually part of your entire being. And you can't help, you know, the, at least me personally, when I, when I make something, when I produce something, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm never going to make something which is, which is not, which I'm not pleased with uh, completely, you know? So uh, that's also a curse and a blessing, by the way. So you've got to, you know, always weigh your options. Very, very good. Um, but, you know, that aside, yes, I am a product manager in a gaming company. I've made uh, tons of games, and um, I've I've been a gamer, you know, the, for the best part of my life, I, as probably most of us have been. Uh, I, I guess you know the plan with the game sort of came naturally um, because initially I wanted to add some utility to to the project. I I, I didn't want it to just be like a 10k collection, you know, with with uh, no follow-ups and so on and so forth, because I, I decided doing this, you know, this wasn't the original plan, by the way. I, 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 I originally, I wanted to sort of, uh, make dead pixels as a collection, which is a proof of something like proof of 
web technology uh, usefulness inside the NFT space, like the stuff that we just talked about, you know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, I could have done much more complex stuff. It, that wasn't the point. The point was to show people that you can actually do this and to encourage, you know, other web developers to, to sort of follow this uh, along this pathway because it is something that's completely doable. Uh, but then, you know, came the part where uh, I sort of fell in love with the community and, and I saw how, how, you know, the organic growth of, of the dead pixels community sort of, uh, overwhelmed me into, into wanting to do much, much more with this project. It was the confirmation that I sort of needed in order to keep on going with this. And uh, right now, I'm, you know, as invested in the project itself as they are, because, you know, I own, I think I did participate in season, in season two, by the way. Uh, so I do own around 130 pixels, uh, which, by the way, I, I don't have a full yeah. collection. It's, <laughs> it's one of my regrets. It's one of my many regrets, you know, uh, not, not actually more yeah not getting good you know not getting good at my own drops i sucked at my drop honestly these guys ate me alive they, they were like <laughs> so good i was i was always like either too uh, early or too behind or something like that uh but yeah i am as much as an investor in the project as everybody else is i guess not in terms of volume uh necessarily but you know there are wallets which are bigger than mine there's like the most the biggest is around like 400 pixels in size uh it's it's a very cool dude from the community uh we talk a lot he's a he's a very great guy um and and basically um i am as much as you know invested as they are so my motivation is you know to work uh closely together with the community and and i'm not saying i'm gonna ask them to write my code and stuff like that i'm saying that we're gonna sort of make it happen together in terms of uh what whatever is uh, related to feedback, whatever is related to questions. Uh, I don't have all the answers. I don't have like a super ultra detailed plan uh, about how the world will look like, uh, I don't know, a year from now. But what I do have is uh, the idea and, and, and the sort of, um, uh, I sort of project stuff uh, for the future. Uh, but whenever you get into like, super uh micro details on on whether i don't know uh the this should the ability should do this or this ability should do that you know you sort of get I'm, i i can't say i can completely decide and that's when i go into the community i ask them out uh, you know i i ask them if uh, what would you prefer what do you think about this let's let's discuss this and it just sort of turns out in this like this huge discussion usually takes up a lot of my time by the way i'm like <laughs> we're never going to get to a conclusion or if we get to a conclusion we're never going to stop talking about the next thing and so on uh but it's super fun you know actually developing something so close uh to people who are going to the people who are going to use it it's it's super cool i mean imagine you uh, talking on almost like a daily basis with the manufacturer of your car and getting to tell him, look, I don't like uh, how the, you know, uh, stereo is positioned or I don't know, I don't like how this display looks and so on and so forth. And you can actually do it like on the go while he builds your car for you, which is very cool. So, uh, yeah. It's like nothing ever before. Um, so like, Play to earn games, I actually covered a lot of them on my channel from other blockchains. And I've noticed this like what I 
I'm pretty bullish on on the community of dead pixels and in, in yours play to earn game, but like it's still kind of speculative. I would just not any harm to that. I mean, it's sometimes speculative things do really work out. But what I've noticed is a lot of DApps, right? Because I also cover DeFi. They mm -hmm. are making play to earn games. A lot of people have jumped into this trend. And I, I just heard an uh, interview, I think Altcoin Daily did one with the CEO of Superfarm. And he was saying the same thing that like, it's a lot more difficult to create a sustainable play to earn game than like people might think. But you have a background in it. And I, I don't know if that, uh, that aids to the, to the fact that that definitely, you know, you know, I, I think most people, I, I don't think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's saying it's difficult. I don't think it's the right word. I don't think it's about difficulty. Mm -hmm. When you talk about difficulty, you talk about something, a problem that eventually has a solution through uh, hard work. Uh, I think when, when you actually make something, it first of all, it depends on who makes it, you know, because... Uh, I don't know, uh, person A and person B could solve the same problem uh, uh, and, and get to the same outcome uh, in terms of like a, like a mathematical problem. But here it's, I guess it's much more complex because it's not actually like a super, um, a con I don't know, it's not the same recipe and it depends a lot on the concept, on the ecosystem and so on. And I think... I think people actually, you know, they, they, they focus a lot on, on, on the data and on the markets and what is this going to make me and how much money am I going to make out of this? You know what? A lot of dead pixel holders are already, you know, like 10 X by now, uh, which is fine. And I'm happy for them. And, you know, it's, yeah. I've, I've gotten a lot of messages and, and thank yous from people around the community saying that dead pixels changed their lives, that they, you managed to pay off debts that they managed to, you know, quit their jobs and so on, which is amazing. It's, it's, it's great to have like this impact in someone's life. And I think at the end of the day, it's what, you know, we should all strive for. Um, but this aside, you know, profits are good. They're healthy. It's, it's what makes a market uh, supply demand and that all that shabam. I also have a bachelor's in economics, by the way. So, uh, so, so, so basically what I want to focus on when building the game, besides, you know, the what profits uh, are going to go to where and so on and so forth in terms of uh, royalty distribution, I want to focus on entertainment value. I want to make a game that is sticky, uh, simple, like dead simple, you know, like uh, I don't even want to overcomplicate it with a lot of stuff from the beginning because... Uh, and and the first time, so the, for the first for the first launch, it's going to be the alpha version of the wars, which which will be launched alongside the forge, which will basically serve as a sort of uh, pixel factory for the wars, and which will also fund the royalty uh, and the royalties and the uh, pixel wars prizes. And basically, you know, the, 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 the concept right now for the, for the pixel wars, uh, as I see it, and I'm not going to go into too much detail, uh, totally is it's, it's like, it's like something like, uh, you know, I want to have like a classic, I want to see like a classic one V one battle between two pixels or two sort of users who own the pixel heroes that they're battling and so on and see how that goes, you know, and then let's make a three, uh, three V3 and then let's make a five V5 and then let's add that feature and that feature and that feature and so on and so forth. And obviously the community will be super involved in deciding, you know, the direction and so on. 
um, or where we're going, of where we're going. So um, that's my main focus right now. I want to ship a minimum viable product, which is enjoyable, simple to use, and, you know, doesn't, you know, require too much uh, expertise or, you know, know-how in terms of, uh, I don't know, technical stuff and so on and so forth. I, I would love for this game to be usable by anybody. And, and this is one of my main focuses. And, you know, at the, at the, the, corner, the cornerstone of this is entertainment value. People seem to forget that when you're making a game, you have to focus on the entertainment value because that's what generates uh, critical mass. That's what generates, uh, you know, uh, replayability of the game and so on. And we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Obviously, you know, it can always go bad. There's always a possibility of that. I will always admit to that. I'm not, you know, uh, guaranteeing anybody that the game will be super successful and so on. But what I can, what I can guarantee for sure is the fact that I am going to ship the game uh, as promised. And if, you know... Uh, also take into account uh, community feedback while building it and so on and so forth. And if the game succeeds, oh well, it's, it's good for us. And if it doesn't, it's fine. We'll go back to the drawing board and, you know, adds, make it different, make it better, so on. I always say, Adrian, that like the games are going to get better and play to earn games over time. But what I've seen succeed usually stems from a good, like, just like a good economy, if you know what I mean. Like just the game, because play to earn games and games, that's a huge shift, man. We didn't have play to earn games like a few yeah. years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a crazy new thing. And I just think the economy piece, like what, like it's, it's just, uh, it's become a real fundamental part of, of building play to earn games. How do you think about that? I mean, do you agree? Do you think that that's going to be like a fundamental piece just to think out? Or are you thinking that that's going to, well, I guess obviously it's 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 definitely going to be a. Make, I'm not saying it needs to make money. I I just think that there's a lot of <laughs> games that have NFTs that go to zero, right? Or tokens that support NFTs that go to zero because their yeah. economy wasn't straightened out, man. Yeah, I mean, the, there's there's I mean the, the economy behind the game itself and the behind the forge is pretty simple because I wanted to make it simple. There's no game token or whatever. Right. There's no uh, 20% uh, kept by the development team and the uh, initial offering and so on and so forth. Uh, there's, there's nothing like that. I mean, I mean there's, there's, my goal is to not use any whatsoever, the, you know, made up token in order to sort of justify that you're actually making money and then exchange that token inside a swap or inside a uh, DEX or whatever. So, um, the idea is, and it's pretty simple, and I usually keep things simple. Um, I am not going to take like percentage off, like a, a something off the top of the proceeds of the game or the forge. Everything is going back to the users. Uh, I hold 130 dead pixels, so I'm going to get my share, obviously, for holding those pixels. But then again, there's people who hold pixel more, more than me, so they're going to get bigger shares and so on and so forth based obviously on what's being forged. And that's it. That's my only sort of investment in terms of, I don't know, revenue in the game. That's it. Um, and, and I am as keen on seeing it succeed as are other people in the community. So we're on the same level here. Uh, and, you know, the game, I want a game, I want the game to be accessible for, you know, people with small bags as well as people with, with, you know, big bags. 
people who are, you know, um, inclined to spend a lot of money in order to get that uh, ranking up or to get that uh, high price up and so on, uh, which is fine uh, because the more money people are going to spend on the game, the higher the rewards will be for everybody. So it sort of feeds into itself. What I want to create is is ultimately like a mechanism which basically has a simple uh, mathematical formula at its roots, or not necessarily simple, but something which sort of balances out and the higher the volume, the higher the rewards, and basically the forge feeds the game, the game feeds rewards, uh, users come, forge again, and so on and so forth. And we create this cycle, which ultimately, you know, yeah, of course, features are going to be added to the game in the long term if it turns out to be super successful and there's going to be like a sort of a corporate style of management at some point, you know, but we're still in early days now. It's not, it doesn't, yeah. you know, it doesn't make sense to talk about it. And, and, you know, to have like a game, which is completely self-sustainable, which is like, uh, you know, doesn't depend that much, you know, uh, on off-chain stuff, because yeah, there's going to be off-chain stuff related to this game as, as, as few as possible, but yeah, we will have to depend on some stuff uh, in terms of the technical aspects and, and how, how it runs. But other than that, you know, to have something that is, you know, elegantly built, put on chain, completely independent, uh, completely decentralized and self-sustaining. <laughs> I mean, it's like, because you basically make your work, make yourself work much, much less if it's self-sustaining than if you have to go in and fine tune and stuff like that. So I guess that's the biggest challenge at the end of the day uh, for me and for whoever I end up working with on this project. Um, it's, it's, this is going to be the challenge to, to overcome. And I think we can do it. I, I, I sort of have it in my head, like high level. I'm, yeah. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of hurdles to overcome, but uh, there's definitely not a lack of improvisation skill on my side here. So I'm, I'm sure we're going to be able to, to overcome those things. And anyways, at the end of the day, there's, you know, thousands of people on Discord who are willing to chip in and to, you know, give their opinion or ask their question and so on. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable, man. Um, I wanted to ask you one thing. So why Cardano? Because I'm a huge fan, but why? Yeah, I guess, I guess everybody who, or most of the people who actually joined uh, Cardano joined because they saw the famous whiteboard interview with Charles, probably, I don't know. Uh, so, so I guess, you know, I'm one of those and I'm one of the people who were uh, uh, charmed uh, by Charles to begin with when, when, when getting into blockchain tech and, you know, studying different options and different blockchains. Uh, but, you know, I, I kind of went beyond that because I just didn't, I, you know, the guy seemed, seemed legit and is legit. Definitely. He's like, super super well spoken uh, and 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 a guy who knows a lot about stuff in general so he's definitely a cool dude but you know you got to go and make your do your research and so on something that i recommend to everybody is always do your own research and i i read some of the papers not all of them because there's like tons and you know nobody has time for <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, of course, I, uh, I would recommend going through papers, going through, if you're a technical person, naturally going through, you know, the uh, backbones of, of the actual thing. And, uh, you know, I admired its, its architecture and, its, and the way that it, uh, you know, proposed 
uh, it's a consensus protocol to to take shape and uh, so on and so forth. And that's it. So, uh, you know, the starting point in Cardano for me was Charles, a Charles video, uh, same as everyone else, I guess. And then you get to dive deeper. And then uh, what was cooler was, I guess, what got me hooked to Cardano because Charles got me into Cardano. But what got me hooked to Cardano was seeing how cool uh, the people that were part of the space and especially the NFT space were. Uh, and 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 at the back like a year ago or something like, like the beginning of 2021, there was there were much lesser people right in the space than there are now. But uh, it was a very tight knit community and people were helping each other out. There was a lot of uh, you know uh, friendly chats, discussions, and so on and so forth. Naturally, a bit of rivalry every now and then, which is fine. Goes a long way. It's healthy. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that's what got me hooked uh, into the space. And then, you know, I started looking into creating stuff and making my own stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, fast forward to October 2021, and here we are. Yeah, I think a lot of people got into Cardano or are getting into Cardano and Binance Smart Chain. I'll just throw out. I know it's completely different, but the gas fees. I mean, yeah, he's on the theory. I think... Dead Pixels was fortunate as well because you got to capitalize on the great communities of Cardano. Obviously, you create something really unique, which I think I would have no rather place than on Cardano because I'm a huge fan of Cardano. And I think it's going to revolutionize NFTs, what, what you did. But also, like, it's just so much easier to purchase an NFT on CNFT, even though we don't really have dApps yet that are on mainnet if you want to say it like that on cardano and that's coming um actually i wanted to ask you when do you think we're going to see an inflow of usable dApps on cardano do you have any read on that well uh to 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 answer your your first question unless there's a question but a remark that you made regarding cnft indeed they do not as of right now they do not operate using smart contracts but what happened like i think beginning of the week or a few days ago mm -hmm. uh, the creator of space buds alice uh, which is uh, alessandro which is like um, uh, super uh, you know involved with cardano he's been like one on the on the you know tip of the i uh, of, of the spear in terms of development and so on yeah. since the beginning ever since he started on on with space buds and so on has actually launched a marketplace for space buds exclusively so you can find it on the space buds website which mm -hmm. runs on smart contracts so it's basically a dApp. So basically they're out. It's just a matter of yeah. some dApps. Are Adoption. Adoption. And, yeah. and, and, and I'm also going to do one for Dead Pixels as well in the following, I guess, month or so. Oh, that's awesome. That's, yeah. um, that's pretty interesting. So I was going to ask, and you kind of just went into this, what are some other... Uh, okay, so what do you think about the broad NFT market uh, on Cardano specifically. So where do you think we're at? Where do you think it's going? And things of that nature. Well, I think, you know, there's a lot of projects popping up. Uh, to to my uh, disappointment, there are some uh, rock pools as well. There have been some rock pools in the space, unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I am sort of... Uh, I don't know. I'm, 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 I feel sorry for the people who actually lost money on it. And I, uh, 
I cannot see how someone would do such a thing. I mean, so uh, zero uh, consideration, having zero consideration for their users. It's 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 sad. It's sad to see. And I didn't want to lead with this, but I just you know just earlier today I just saw another uh, another tweet of a rock pool project which actually basically left with uh, I think 250k ADA, which is like half a million dollars right now. They just deleted their Twitter accounts. Their, their discord and so on, they're nowhere to be found. And it's sad. And that's, that's why I encourage people to not ape into everything, not ape into like every project which is minting. Because, right, okay, so we had a few projects who minted and skyrocketed, went to the moon, uh, came back <laughs> shortly after. And people, what they usually do is go mint uh, some collection and then flip it for like, I don't know, 10x returns or something which is not sustainable. It, it's, not, it's not something that can be sustained for economically speaking for like a 10K collection to, to, to be able to sustain such a level of flip. It's, uh, anyways, we're bad. not going to get into, the, into way, the math. Let me just plug yeah. you real quick. That's also why like looking for founders are sometimes completely doxxed and like open and transparent. I mean, who knows? I'm not going to say that a doxxed founder couldn't do a run pull and run away to a different country, but it is adding a layer of trust just when you see the founder. Yeah, of course. And there's a lot of people and I, I, I get why people would not like to show their faces and so on and so forth. It's fine. It's your, your own privacy, but uh, this is one thing. And, and, and another thing is not, you know, uh, keeping in touch with your community, not discussing, not being, you know, on the discord, on the floor, on a daily basis. It doesn't take much out, out of your time, even if you're like super busy. It's like a few minutes to, to, to like scroll through, see what the vibe is, answer one or two questions, or maybe somebody has a problem, maybe you can help them out and so on. So that's one thing. And another thing is, uh, you know, since you engage in uh, interacting with, uh, with within a space, which is, you know, so tightly knit around different projects, community, and so on and so forth, it sort of enter in, 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 in sort of like a, an, an unwritten sort of contract uh, with, with the people around. And, you know, they're not necessarily, people are not necessarily used to rug pulls on Cardano. They're like used to rug pulls all the time on Ethereum, <laughs> but Binance they're not. Too. There's been yeah, Binance Smart Chain, exactly, Jesus, exactly. <laughs> and, and on Cardano, you, you, you hear about rug pulls, but you don't hear about so many. There's like very few. And those that are like very few. They're like... Too, because Cardano is supposed to be like the safe haven in a way. I, I mean, yeah. that's how I think about it. That's just yeah. a intuitive feeling. But unfortunately, yeah, we're, I think we're entering an era where there's going to be more and more of these. Uh, so uh, I would advise everyone to like watch out just... Make sure the project is a, is a quality project. It has great development, developers behind it. It has a, a nice community behind it. The developers are transparent and they talk to you. They answer your questions. Uh, and, and basically, you know, they, if you see like a project is endorsed by other projects which you trust, there's also a good sign of trust and so on. So, and obviously we're, we're in an unregulated market, which you know sort of exposes that was one of my last questions i was going to ask yeah. is you because there's a lot of people currently thinking about 
oh, is my decentralized exchange going to be a security if I don't do a fair launch? Or is royalties right. is royalties going to get cracked down on? Things of that nature. So, so we had a discussion about royalties on Pixels, I think, uh, a few days ago on Discord, uh, you know, with people who were online at the time, and there was a bit of a debate. And at the end of the day, it sort of boils down to uh, which... Uh, you know, to the marketplace, which actually sells the asset itself. So for example, if I'm going to run a marketplace, uh, if I'm going to be in a unregulated or uh, in a, if I'm going to, you know, be running that marketplace in a space where there's regulation about those kind of things, I would want to, first of all, make sure that I have everything put in order. So I have my licenses and so on and so forth, because even if it's, consider a security, which is still a bit debatable, by the way. It's not that it makes it illegal. It just makes it a bit more difficult to, for a marketplace to go and launch it uh, specifically in that geographical area because you need some extra paperwork to be done, which has been proven difficult, you know, but for big marketplaces, it's definitely doable. I mean, I don't know. I think, you know, smaller marketplaces than OpenSea have been able to to get these licenses and to sell NFTs, which uh, give out royalties to users. So, you know, it's, it's not necessarily something, it's not like a showstopper. I, I'm sure uh, uh, the state wouldn't want its citizens to be, you know, uh, at a disadvantage in any way. It's just the way that the law works sometimes. And you got to play ball, uh, you know, until it gets yeah. better at the end of the day. Dang, Adrian. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. Is there anything else that you wanted to add or kind of just throw well, it? I, I guess, you know, it, it's been like a pretty organic interview and I, I kind of love this, uh, this type of, uh, you know, uh, session because I you don't. That, You're my first yeah. interview, by the way. So this is the first. Oh, <laughs> thank you, by the way, for coming happy, on. Happy to be happy to be your first and also happy to uh, you had me invited me. Uh, I, 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 Hope you get to do many, many more interviews in the future, cooler ones than this, even. <laughs> I don't know about that. And and uh, and I I, I I do wish you the best of luck with your with your channel, which is, by the way, I, I see 